This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 15th, 2015. Blessed when you encourage cooperation. Oh boy. Well, good morning again, Connection Church. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm still Alan. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Thank you, God, for this time together today, a time where we can laugh, a time where we can celebrate, and a time where we can delve into your word and what it means and how to apply that to our lives. So we do thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. We pray this and give this time to you in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ, his Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. So this morning we continue looking at the Beatitudes that Jesus shared during the Sermon on the Mount, found in the uh, chapters 5 through 7, the book of Matthew, second part of the Bible, the New Testament. A, A Beatitude, by definition, is something that brings blessing or happiness. Thus, in this series of statements, Jesus shares with his disciples those things that bring us blessing. Today, we're going to be considering number seven of the eight Beatitudes. So here it is. Say it with me, will you? You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. So throughout the Bible, there is a constant message, a consistent message of bringing people together rather than tearing them apart. A constant message about what is best for the whole, for the community, as opposed to individuals. And that's important, but but Christ and God looking at the whole. In the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, we are frequently reminded that harmony, don't you love, I love that word, harmony. Can you say that word? Harmony, yes. Harmony exists when it is true for the whole community. And when we say community, we're in community right now. We have a community in our home, a community in our neighborhoods, our school's a community, work's a community. When the whole community is harmonious, not just one or two or three individuals within it. We are reminded, and this is a really big one, we are reminded that there is justice only when justice prevails for all. We have some work to do there. We're reminded that there's justice only when justice prevails for all, not just a few. We're reminded that righteousness, that means living right, right living with God, that righteousness is something that we do do individually, but also true righteousness only happens as it spreads out from the individuals into the community, the entire community. True righteousness is not something that we hoard or keep to ourselves. Over and over and over again, we see in the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see blessing 
when there is a spirit of cooperation. Blessing, when there's a spirit of cooperation working for the good of the community rather than when we participate in strife. Mm. In the second part of the Bible, in the New Testament, again we find that getting along is what we're called to. We see many examples of this. One is where Paul offers uh, uh, such an example in his letter that he writes to the church that he established at Ephesus. Here's what he writes. He says, let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So Paul shares here in his message to the church, but it's a message that applies to today as well. We are called as those who follow Christ when we've made a choice to do that. And we understand that we're all over the map on that in this room, but we're all here to try to learn more about what it means to be a follower of Christ. But when we are, we're called to edify or build up those around us, not tear them down. We are called to build up our families, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our schools. We're called to build up and edify one another right here in the church. We're called to bring people together, not to rip them apart. We are called to bring peace and harmony rather than discord and strife to situations where we might find ourselves in that is anything but peaceful. We're called to encourage cooperation not competition. Now, I know there's healthy competition, but you know there's competition that isn't good. Cooperation, not competition. Forgiveness, not fighting. Now, this message that Paul shared wasn't just a, a one-off. He didn't just say it, and he didn't never said it again. It is consistent with so much of Paul's writings in the Bible, and in fact, consistent with the Scripture from the beginning to the end. Hmm. Today's beatitude tells us that when we're able to encourage this kind of cooperation, that's when we find our true selves and our place in God's family. Our true self, the, the person God intended when God first thought of you. You know, we read in Scripture, we are created in God's image, way back there in, in Genesis created in God's image, we're a child of God, having a place in God's family, acting more God-like, more Christ-like in our dealings with those around us, finding the good in those around us, working toward harmony, bringing God's love into every, every situation. People see in Christ in us as we exhibit that peace that passes all understanding. It, it goes beyond what makes sense the peace we're talking about. And, and we exhibit that inner strength that God gives us that allows us to keep our heads while all of those around us are losing theirs. We're called to be a model then of what call God calls us to do 
and to be. To gain some additional insight into today's scripture, let's take a look at a version that you might recognize. It's found in the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. It's on the right hand of the screen. Let's say it together. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Peace. Here in the New Testament, um, to get to the English, which we have, it would have come through the Greek. Uh, the New Testament was written in Greek. And the Greek word for peace is irene. It's the word for the Greek uh, goddess of peace. And then they just use it for peace in general. Its full meaning is similar to the meaning of, uh, of, to the word of peace in Hebrew, which we talked about shalom, we talked about before shalom, which is the word Jesus would have used as he was talking and sharing this message that day. The meaning of both shalom and irenae goes far beyond just the absence of trouble, as our word peace would generally be understood. In both Hebrew and Greek, peace extends to include all it would take to make for someone's highest good. In other words, to wish peace is not just the desire of an absence uh, of, of that which is evil, but for the presence of goodness. As Bible scholar William Barclay shares, in Hebrew and Greek, peace means not only freedom from trouble, it means enjoyment of everything that's good. Blessed are the peacemakers. It doesn't say blessed are the peace lovers. Enjoying peace is not enough. Desiring peace is not enough. Loving peace is not enough. One may love peace but not be willing to do what it takes to bring about peace. Oftentimes peace just doesn't happen. It takes action, it takes hard work, and at times even struggle. It takes sacrifice. Mike, I think it's so interesting that this sermon was planned today for it, you know, this is what you're going to be living out to help create peace in our community. It blows me away how God works on that. It takes sacrifice, commitment. All too often, those who love peace are not willing to step in when necessary, to disarm a situation that threatens peace. Evading the threats often destroys peace. Facing and dealing with tough situations and controlling them is often what it takes to make and to keep peace. Mm. Being a peace lover is, is rather um, placid in nature. Being a peacemaker is just the opposite. Peace-loving is a state of being. Peace-making is a call to duty, a call to action, maybe even a call to arms at times. To maintain not only the absence of evil, but the presence of what is good, not just for one or two, but for the community at large, is more than just a notion. It, it's a huge commitment, a huge undertaking. Hmm. You know, it's what... Uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Nelson Mandela, the list could go on and on. But these, these are guys who, who, who believed in and, in fact, staked their very lives on being peacemakers. To be a peacemaker requires 
time, it requires energy, it requires devotion, but above all, it requires love. Love for those around you, love for the community you're part of, love for what God is calling us to. As William Barclay in his commentary shares that since peace or shalom means that which is for a person's highest good, this beatitude could be interpreted like this. Blessed are those who make this world better, a better place for everyone to live in. Blessed are those who make this world a better place for everyone to live in. This would include the peace that we have, this inner peace for each one of us, those of us who try to keep peace in our hearts and with one another, but it also includes peace within the community. The peace that comes from right relationships with God and with one another. And as Barclay shares, in every community there are people who are storm centers. There are people <laughs> who stir up trouble and bitterness and unrest. Have you ever experienced that? Oh, yes. Whenever they're around, it is a challenge to have a calm and peaceful community. But on the other hand, there are people that we come in contact where we find that when we're around them, like bitterness can't just be in the same room with that. That people who bring the, the judgment and the, the differences that tend to divide us, they are peacemakers. They are involved in healing. They're involved in uh, minimizing gaps and division between us. And instead, they're people who sweeten the bitterness sought by others. Mm. In the book of Acts, second part of the Bible, we find just such a person, his name was Barnabas, and in fact, his name means son of encouragement. Now, after Saul, whose name later changed to Paul, who we talked about a few minutes ago, who wrote the letters, and when Saul encountered the risen Christ on his way to Damascus, after he had a conversion experience and started being a follower, he, he tried to join Jesus' followers when he went back to Jerusalem. And Now, they were afraid of, of Saul because he had previously persecuted Christians. He was brutal to the Christian community. And they didn't believe that he truly changed, that he truly had a conversion. It was Barnabas who, who took Saul to the disciples and he told the disciples of this man's conversion and how Saul had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus Christ. And it was thanks to Barnabas that there was then peace between uh, uh, Saul and uh, the disciples of Jesus, which allowed them to be able to work together to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. Here is perhaps uh, one of the most important things that we say today. The ultimate expression of becoming a peacemaker is knowing the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He came into the world to bring love, love that is unconditional, love that is available to each 
one of us, no matter what we've done, no matter you know, who we are, Jesus loves us, no matter what. And Jesus was the ultimate peacemaker. And in Christ, we can become in a right relationship with him. Our sins are forgiven, we're free, and then we too can be kind and compassionate and show mercy. We talked about that last week, blessed are the merciful. We can do that too. We can be vessels of Christ to create peace and harmony, bridges that reconcile. There's so much dividedness, bridges that reconcile and hope and help folks move from strife to peace. Peacemakers seek God's direction for the benefit of the whole what God wants for our lives, our marriages, our workplaces, our schools, our community, our church. And when we take a look at the question, when we said, what does God want for this? When we ask that question, uh, it's like a door opens and it points to peace. It points to peace. And then we have a choice. Do we open the door? I mean, the door's already open. Do we go through the door or not? Do we stand on the other side and just say, yeah, yeah, yeah? Or are we vessels of peace? Blessed are the peacemakers. You see, peacemaker, maker involves action. It's not passive. When we look at the scripture again, we see blessed are the peacemakers. Say the rest with me. For they will be called children of God. For they will be called children of God. You know, the Bible's full of these little expressions. You've probably heard this before, children of God. What does that mean when you really think of being a child of God? We give some thought to this as we were prepping for today. And, and check this out. A couple of weeks ago, our son Turner uh, brought the message for our Ash Wednesday service. Were any of you here for that? Yeah, Okay. And, and afterwards, a couple people came up and said to me how much Turner reminded them of me. And jokingly, I said, what, did he have bad posture? Or, you know, um, and, and I knew what they meant. You know, um, he had certain mannerisms or whatever that reminded them of his father. It's one of those situations where you're like, yeah, that's my boy, you know? Yeah. Or, um, <laughs> or there's situations where... Um, Two of our daughters, the two that go to church here, Aaron and Devin, I mean, I just got to tell you, there's situations where it's, they've got Carrie just written all over them. <laughs> I mean, I call my oldest daughter Little Care and my youngest daughter Mini Care. I mean, it's just written all over them. They are definitely her girls. You, you catch what I'm saying here? Okay. Well, I think that's kind of the essence of what Jesus is talking about, you know, when, when someone is a peacemaker, someone works, about, works to bring about the best in those around them. Someone works overtime to encourage cooperation rather than competition, forgiving rather than fighting. It's then that we see the fingerprint of God on them. We see God's mark on their lives. We see a resemblance between who they are and the one who created them. If, 
If God is truly a God of shalom, of this peace we talk about, and, and God is a God of shalom, then those who make it their business to make shalom happen are looking a whole lot like their heavenly daddy. It's kind of like those businesses, Joe Smith and Sons. I don't mean to be sexist. You fill in daughters if you want. Joe Smith and Son Plumbing, you know, and Heating. And if, if Joe Smith has done good work for you in the past, you're going to expect the same kind of work from his boys, right? That's why Joe's allowed the boys to put their name and be a part of the business. You'd expect nothing less from the sons than you, or daughters than you would expect from the parent. When, when you're a peacemaker, people can see the resemblance in your work to the work of the Father. And you will be called a child of God. So here's the, uh, the questions for the day. What's it gonna take? What's it gonna be? Are you going to be a peacemaker or are you going to be a troublemaker? <laughs> peacemaker or a troublemaker? Do you want your work to look like the one from above or from the one from below? Are you bringing people together or are you tearing them apart? Good question. Here's the thing. It's our choice. It's our choice in how we live that out. It's our choice whether we are a peacemaker or not because every waking minute of our lives, every hour, we have a choice. And what's it going to be? To be a part of the good news or to be bad news? You choose, I choose, we choose, it's all a choice. We would like to say, let's choose as Connection Community Church to be peacemakers in our homes, our schools, our communities, our workplace, wherever we are to reflect Christ in all that we do. That is our challenge, but that really is our mandate as followers of Jesus Christ. Are you ready to be the good news? Are you ready to be peacemakers? Then let's do it. Let's be it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, um, I, I have to say, we, we use these words and they kind of roll off our tongue, but it is not easy. But when we are peacemakers, we're blessed. Thank you for each one of us being your child. Whether we accept that relationship or not, we're still yours. And I would pray that each one of us, as Connection Community Church, would be a powerhouse for peace and love not just keeping it in these walls, but carrying it out wherever we go. We thank you, Lord, for loving us, for calling us to this place, and for sending us out. I pray this in the name of the Father, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ,
and the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.